Chapter 5. I get by with a little help from my friends. A true friend is hard to come by, but my grand was one. He was loyal, he was caring, and he was definitely the kind of person you would want as a friend. At least until you desperately needed sleep at 5am and he was insistent on one more whiskey. He had an endless supply of generosity and would have given his last pound to someone who needed it more, even if it was someone he didn't know. In fact, he would have gone way beyond that. He had this ability to shed light on any bad situation and help others see things that aren't always as bad as they first thought. His kindness and his gallous humour, matched with an infectious laugh, formed the man that made a lasting impact on every single person he met. My friend Patrick and I met Joe in 2005. He was running a bus from Lithuania to the Scotland game in Belarus. Since this, we've met up with Joe all over Europe at many other Scotland games. It was always good to see him. It was a pleasure to know him and we always had a good laugh together. We really enjoyed this great character. You had a special granda. We bumped into each other outside a pub in Luxembourg in 2012 when Scotland had a friendly there. When he spotted Patrick and I, he came running over and after a big hello he said, I knew I would meet my two German friends here, so I brought something for you. We were very surprised and wondered what was coming next. He took off his famous tartan jacket and then took off a Scotland jumper that was underneath. This revealed that he was wearing another Scotland jumper, which he took off and handed to Patrick, which revealed yet another Scotland jumper, which he took off and handed to me. After that, he put back on the first Scotland jumper and his tartan jacket, and then we enjoyed some beers together. He was wearing a total of three Scotland jumpers and a jacket, just so that on the off chance he saw us, he could give us them. He must have been absolutely sweating, but that is just the kind of person he was. A great guy who will never forget. Whether he'd known a person all of his life, or he just met them, my granda made time for everyone. It wasn't necessarily the amount of time he gave each person, but instead what he did with that time. My granda was a strong believer in time being the most precious thing you could give to a person. When you give your time to someone, you're giving them a fraction of your life that you can never take back. He gave so much of his life to other people in different ways, and although he maybe didn't realise the lasting impact of it when he was here, it's so clear to me that he was and continues to be an influence on many people. This is a wee story about your granda and the kindness he would show to strangers. One of the strangers was me when I was only 18 years old. My parents had a new kitchen installed by Joe when he worked as a kitchen designer. Once he completed it, he popped back round a few days later to make sure everything was okay and my parents were happy with the fitting and quality. I just happened to be coming round the corner on my way home from work as Joe was leaving. I'd never met him before and my mum introduced us to one another. We were chatting, and naturally the topic turned to football. I was a big lover of football, which made it an enjoyable matter. Joe asked me if I played football, and I explained that I played all throughout my younger days at school at Champion Street, and then with the juveniles at Aberdeen Lads Club, but I never moved to junior because I struggled to find a team, and so lost touch with playing the game. Joe then said, Right, Loon. Come and play with my team. I'll see you right. 
I was quite apprehensive as I had no idea what team he even ran and I had literally just met the guy. But within minutes of meeting him, something felt right. He could see that I was nervous but could sense that I was keen. He said, Okay, son, I'll pick you up on Saturday at 12.30. I gave him a wee smile and said, I might be shite for all you can. He chuckled and said, Well, we'll soon find out. I then thanked him and explained how I was grateful for the opportunity, but I wouldn't be able to because I didn't have any football boots. What size are you, loon? he asked. I told him, and Joe then popped open his boot and handed me a pair of football boots of the correct size. There you go, sorted. Now I've given you a team, I've given you boots, and you've no excuse now, so I'll see you on Saturday. Don't let me down. How could I let down such generosity and a gesture that was so kind, I was blown away. Joe never knew me, but could tell I wanted to play, but just lacked a little confidence after not playing for a bit. I then realised it might be worth knowing what team I was going to be playing for. Joe told me the team was Woodside, and that they were a great bunch of guys, and I'd be totally fine. And Joe was right. I only played one season with Woodside, but I had a great time and had the chance to meet some brilliant guys. What a laugh I had during my time there. The bander was brilliant. Joe was a top man and an even better manager. He always knew how to get the best out of you. Since playing for Woodside, I never stopped playing football until my 30s. I thanked Joe every time I crossed his path. He was an absolute legend and I'll be forever grateful for the opportunity he gave to someone he didn't even know. My granddad was a very giving person. Even if he didn't always have a lot to give, whether it was a gift, a favour or time, he always encouraged me to be the same. It was a ritual that when visiting someone's house for dinner, I must always bring a small gesture as a thank you. When I was 12 years old, my granda would drop me off at a friend's doorstep, I would sheepishly knock at the door and hand over a bunch of flowers or a box of chocolates and say, these are for your mum. Something which I found incredibly awkward at the time. This... I'm now thankful for. My granda had so much good in his heart and he didn't do anything to make himself look good either. Everything he did, he did with sincerity and compassion. When he visited impoverished countries, he would always bring an extra suitcase full of my old toys to hand out to the children there. He was incredibly humble for he understood struggle. The thing about Joe is he could dance with anybody. Whether it was a room full of intellects or a room full of homeless men, he brought everyone to his level. He gave anyone a winning chance. He championed the underdog. From the bottom of my heart, he was one of life's greatest. That's probably the one thing I loved most about Granda. And writing this book has illustrated just how many others loved that about him too. He passed no judgement. Everyone despite their life circumstances, deserved an equal opportunity to be understood. He looked at everyone the same way he looked at himself. Another thing that I admired so much about my granda was his ability to move with the evolving ideologies of society. I do not mean to tarnish all people of his era, but there were definitely people of his age that refused to accept these shifts. My granda was very accepting of any kind of change. But he also had a lot of traditional values that mostly involved being respectful of other people, helping others, and fidelity. 
Not to forget, never phone anyone after 10 o'clock at night, and when food is presented, wait until everyone is seated before eating. And you especially never leave the dinner table until everyone's finished. But I like to think that when I have children, I'll implement and pass those on too. All in all, my grand had a fairly modern approach to life. If you were a nice person, that was what would matter the most. Your granda was one in seven billion. He was an incredible man with whom I shared not only a love for our country, but its freedom too. Scotland. The only nation he thought was worth being part of. I'm not from Aberdeen, but he was so happy when I met an Aberdonian. Your granda was there when I got engaged at the Croatia game in 2013, which we won. He thought that was the reason that Scotland did so well and told me to get engaged at every game. I was so glad he shared that special moment with us. When I got pregnant, he demanded that I start bringing the baby to Scotland games as soon as possible. Your granda was delighted when we got pregnant. He was genuine in his pride and we promised him we'd make our baby part of the Tartan army. Joe was so proud of being a Scot that it was contagious. It was heartwarming to know someone felt like me. He had so much passion for his country and people. He was the first person I thought of when we qualified for the Euros. And he's the first person I think of during every game. He was a legend and I'm truly grateful to have met him. And I wish my wee boy had met him too. If Mackay grows up to be half the man Joe was, I'll be the happiest mum in the world. I'll be taking Mackay to games and marches and I'm sure your granda will be smiling down. My granda was a friend to so many people. I often wondered how he remembered so many names especially in his later years. Well, the truth is, sorry, Granda, he didn't. If he couldn't remember someone's name, he would say, Oh, you'll need to remind me of your name again. And someone might have said, It's Mike. And he would say, Oh, Mike, don't be silly. I knew that. I meant your last name. It was no wonder that he had forgot the occasional name, with so many likely to be floating about in his head. His network was wide, being a known character from many places and times of his life, including being brought up in Woodside, his work in various fields across the city, his political involvement, and of course his dedication to amateur and Scottish football from a young age. Growing up, it was an absolute ball ache going anywhere with him, because he would always bump into one or ten people that he knew, even on holiday in Tenerife, and it was never a quick hello either. More of a half-hour reminiscence. It's a testament to Granda, of course, because I can't imagine that anyone would stand and chat with me for longer than five minutes. Although the people I'm referring to are those that my Granda didn't see very often and were genuinely delighted to have a proper catch-up. His friends that saw him on the regular and were often victim to the antics of Joe McGonagall might not have viewed him in the same light. We were at Frankfurt Airport and Joe was complaining of sore feet. We had a while to wait for our flight so we found a couple of seats and I went off to get us a bottle of wine. We were drinking from these fancy plastic glasses and a few wines later we realised we'd been sitting right in front of a pedicure booth. Your granda was a bit boozy by this point, but when he saw it, he was over there before he even stood up. He sat down and plopped his crabbit feet in the basin and a young woman started massaging his toes, and buffing, cutting them, the whole works. His kilt was rolled up past his knees 
and we were about one inch away from knowing if he'd gone full Scotsman or not. Next thing, he shouted at me to come over, and in the poshest accent you could imagine, he said, Dodd, can you bring me over a glass of wine? If it's not too much of an inconvenience. I obliged and delivered the wine. So here's Joe, now sitting like he was at the bloody Ritz, a young, beautiful woman at his feet. Well, actually, she was very large in German, but regardless. Sitting there, sipping his wine like he was the Queen of Sheba. And as you could guess, I had to go back every time to top him up. You can take the boy out of Woodside, but you can't take the Woodside out of the boy. Pure luxury. Granda's friends loved his company, and he loved and appreciated theirs in equal measure. He had this extraordinary way of engaging with others. Having that kind of personality is not something you can acquire. He was gifted with his incredible ability to talk, listen, and make people laugh until their insides were sore. He really cared, and it made his day whenever he could find that bond with people through communication. It wasn't until we got involved in football that I got to know Joe properly. Then the phone calls at half past two in the morning started rolling in when Cathy had gone away to her bed because she was fed up with him speaking about politics. We used to put the world right though. He was such a character, so well liked throughout Aberdeen. Talking of putting the world right, my granda was often known to be someone that the younger Tardin army supporters looked up to or sought advice from. I like to think that his moral compass was very well aligned, but you could imagine that such a moral compass provoked conflict when witnessing some of the naughty antics of the younger guys. And given my granda's likeliness to share his views, this was no exception. The one memory that sticks in my mind was the night after the Scotland match in Japan 2006. We'd been out celebrating because Scotland had won the Kirin Cup. After we got back to our hotel room, Joe was giving me this lecture about depravity and debauchery. Just about everyone I knew on a Tartan army trip was chasing after a bit of skirt, but Joe was dead against it. So he could definitely stand from a moral high ground on people hooring about, I think was his exact phrase. This might not have been so bad if I hadn't have taken a lady back already. What a way to kill the mood. Thankfully, she didn't speak any English, so didn't translate Joe's disapproval. But that was my strike from Joe. Once she left, he was giving me that speech until about three o'clock in the morning, and I remember thinking, when is it going to stop? But he actually went back out and went down the bar, probably to find his next target. I always remember my granda talking about his fond memories of Japan, one of them being the celebrations after Scotland's win of an international trophy. It's no wonder they celebrated so hard due to that well-deserved success. I remember the festivities just for qualifying for the tournament. Every success was sung by my granda. Even the downfall and defeats were celebrated too. That to me is a true Scotland fan. A man that honours his team's efforts every single time without doubt and who would relentlessly turn up to their next game with an effervescent enthusiasm despite any previous losses. My granda travelled to almost every Scotland game and following them gave him the opportunity to see countries he would never normally visit, such as Japan, Slovenia and Ukraine. So when the opportunity arose to travel to America, bearing in mind he'd never been before, it seemed too unlikely that the Tartan Army General wasn't going to be in attendance. 
Scotland were heading to Jacksonville, America for a friendly in May 2012. When I booked to go, Joe told me, No, I'm not going. I'm definitely not. It's far too expensive. I always thought it was odd for Joe to be missing a game. When there was a well, there was always a way with Joe. But he kept insisting that he wasn't going. Strangely, he was really interested in where I was staying and what flights I was going on, but I didn't click on. A few weeks before the trip, I asked him again if he was going. I'm just not going and I don't want to speak about it, he said. When I arrived in Florida and dumped my stuff at the hotel, who was the first person I saw? Of course, it was Joe. And I tell you, he looked like an overgrown Cub Scout, geared up in a dress shirt, beige shorts with the Joe classic, socks, sandals and a beaming smile on his face. He'd planned all this time to be there and surprise me. And that was Joe. He loved winding up his friends. And I'll tell you something, he was really good at it. It wasn't just his friends that my granda liked winding up, but basically any member of the public. If you merely existed, you were eligible for a Joe McGonagall wind-up. One of the funniest memories I have of him being on the wind-up is when he went into the Royal Bank of Scotland and asked for £100 worth of £1 notes. He then proceeded to go to various places for lunch and attempt to pay with said £1 notes. The high for him was seeing the confused look on the waiter's face. They would normally stutter and say something along the lines of I'm sorry, we can't accept this. The next hurrah, Granda would produce his Samsung Galaxy that was temperamental at the best of times and prove via Google search that his £1 notes were in fact a legal tender. And so he paid £25 in £1 notes. Another of his favourites was walking our little Jack Russell Misty into shops such as Debenhams or Primark and waiting to be told he couldn't bring his dog inside. He would then pretend to be blind and explain to the sales assistant that Misty was his guide dog and would stumble around on his way out. I travelled to my first away game with him, to the Czech Republic on a bus from the Petodri Bar in 99. My favourite story was when we were in a foreign airport and lots of people were taking photos of us in our kilts. We got chatting this old American couple, and Joe asked where they were from. They both replied, L.A., in a strong West Coast accent. Joe said, I used to stay in L.A. Really? Los Angeles? They said. Joe looked at them straight in the face and replied, No, Logie Avenue. Although my grandad loved to joke, there were definitely some situations he got the lads into where they did not quite see the funny side. We were down to see Scotland play at Wembley. We were speaking away to some bin men and it just so happened that Joe was two tickets short. Shock. One bin man said, I'll give you two tickets for the game if you help us with the bins tomorrow. So the day after the game, four of Joe's boys were walking about Camden Town emptying dustbins with a treacherous hangover. It was fucking terrible. In fact, another time we were meant to be going to Wembley, were in the pub speaking to Cockney boys and one of them said to Joe, I'll take you to Wembley for one pound each. Joe agreed and all eight of us hopped in the back of this van. We'd been sitting in the van for half an hour when Joe said, we must be near now, as he banged through the driver. It was strange because we couldn't hear any noise from the football grounds and the van didn't appear to be moving. So Joe fiddled about with the lock and bust the back door open. We were exactly in the same space where we got into the van. 
We'd been locked in and it hadn't even moved at all, but we didn't even notice. Thankfully, we still made it to the game, but that was one of those times where I could have killed Joe. He was in hysterics. But then the next thing, we were all in hysterics because Joe had an infectious laugh and sense of humour and there was no escaping it. My grandma might have induced some situations which weren't quite as funny then as they are now, but they've definitely aged well. The thing with mistakes is that life doesn't come with instructions and neither does being a domestic international travel company, so we must forgive. There were good times, bad times and a lot of laughing, but all in all, my granddad was a good friend and everybody knew it. One night, we were all in the Golden Gate Square in Kiev and suddenly a large group of skinheads came out of nowhere without any warning and set about the Tartan army. They had baseball bats and were throwing rocks and bottles with the intention of hurting us. I wasn't with your grand at that point, and thankfully we all ran away, but my good friend Dave was just back from a broken ankle and couldn't run so well. He got caught up in the mess and had a couple of skirmishes with the skinheads. The end result was his Scotland top got ripped off, which left him topless in what was Baltic weather. But his glasses also got smashed too, and Dave can't see it all without them. Your granda found Dave struggling after the skinheads left and he managed to get Dave a new Scotland top, Scotland jumper and amazingly a new pair of glasses so that Dave could continue with his night. He stayed with him until we all found each other again. That's maybe not as funny as the other stories but it's definitely one we both remember Joe for. He was a very, very kind man who looked out for all of us. My granda's no man left behind attitude wasn't limited to football games He always put other people before himself, off the pitch too. Even if helping others didn't always work out, he could never ever have said he didn't try. Caring about people ran right through this man's veins. I had been to rock bottom and had come back and went down again and I'm not afraid to say that. And the only reason I'm not afraid to say that is because Joe was the only one that didn't treat me how everyone else did. He was there no matter how many times I fucked up. When I had no money, when I had nowhere to go, he held a hand for me to grab when I didn't deserve one. As a young guy with no dad, Joe was the next best thing. In fact, he was better. He got me involved in amateur football when I was young because I was in a lot of trouble and hanging out with the wrong crowds. Joe picked me up and I didn't even ask him to. He barely knew me. He took me under his wing and he showed me how to be a real man, a nice guy and one that tries to make good decisions. He was just golden, pure golden. There's a reason that there's nobody else around like Joe. Nobody else could do what he did. I don't even think in the next 10,000 years there will be another Joe. He's with the angels now.